So some of y'all are not setting enough boundaries and some of y'all are not accepting and taking those boundaries very well. And quite frankly, it's upsetting me and my homegirls because yes, we be talking about this. Listen, boundaries aren't just for distance in relationships. They help all parties involved grow closer and actually become more vulnerable. But what do I know? So when I read that, I was like, hmm, boundaries help us to be vulnerable. Yeah, they strengthen relationships, right? Because think about it. Like I said, two people, two individuals in a relationship both have unique needs. And when we're coming to one another to express these needs and communicate them, like you said, we have to be vulnerable. We have to open up. It's basically letting them in. This is But What Do I Know podcast with Chit Suzanne, a space for affirming, for learning, and for healing. A podcast and community where we're exploring our But What Do I Know moments in hopes that it helps you, the listener, overcome yours. You ready? Welcome everyone to the But What Do I Know podcast. I'm your host, Chit Suzanne, and I just want to welcome you to yet another episode, season three, episode seven. And we are back with a very exciting and interesting episode for you. Before we go any further, if this is your first time tuning in and listening to this podcast, thank you for stopping by. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy this episode and make sure that you are, you know, liking you're commenting and engaging with us on the Instagram page at BWDIK podcast. We're also on TikTok too. So that's also at BWDIK podcast as well. Make sure you are also subscribed on whatever platform it is they used to listen to us, especially if that is Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you've already been rocking with us, you're already subscribed. You're already in the know. You know, you message me saying, hey, Chit, I love that episode. You're always listening. Thank you so much as well. And believe me, we appreciate you over here. We do. (laughs) All right. So with that being said, it is June and June is Pride Month. So I just want to wish all the listeners that are in the LGBTQ plus community a happy Pride Month. I know that Pride is very much a protest, but, you know, I hope that you spend this month celebrating, celebrating love in all forms. Similar to Black History Month, I hope that, you know, you don't have to be that token person who has to do a lot of education, teaching, and preaching this month, but I hope that you're able to just celebrate. And to the rest of us who consider ourselves, you know, anything from allies to activists to good, decent human beings, you know, posting the Love is Love Canva template on Instagram is really cute and it does raise awareness, but there are several other things that, you know, we can do from, you know, speaking up to calling people in to being aware of our language when it comes to sex, gender, pronouns, um, and choosing not to be ignorant when it comes to things, even the littlest of things, you know? So, um, yeah, there's so much more that we can, that we can do to, you know, educate ourselves, reflect, raise awareness, and understand the history of this community. So happy Pride Month again. And with that, let's go ahead and get into our clue and segment for this episode.
All right. So for our clue and segment for this episode, we're going to start off with some politics, uh, Canadian politics to be specific. So for the last few episodes, you know, we've talked about these provincial elections that were taking place here in the province of Ontario. And for listeners outside of Canada, provinces are equivalent to states. And so, you know, we had these elections on June 2nd uh, to vote for our premier. Again, for those outside of Canada, premiers are equivalent to governors of states. So essentially, you know, we've talked about this on this podcast. In our last episode, we delved deeper. And y'all, I really hope you all went out to vote because I don't want to drag you. But how come 43% of Ontarians voted? Only 43. That's less than half of eligible voters. And so as a result, we will have Doug Ford as our premier again for another four years. And he has a majority. So, you know, I can't say that I'm surprised. I know I can feel it in the air that, you know, people are exhausted. They're tired of voting and being disappointed. People have given up on governments, systems. I know. And again, our last episode, we talked all about this and the idea that we may have given up. And as much as we want to build these better systems for ourselves outside, we still got to hold these leaders accountable. We still have to make sure that we then don't have a disaster of a leader coming and, you know, absolutely ruin things. Right. So we'll be watching. We'll be watching. We'll be, you know, critiquing. We'll be calling things out where they need to be called out with this administration here in Ontario. And I really hope that in the next four years, we're able to rally together, show out in numbers in way better numbers and voting for some real progressive, positive change. But uh, yeah, that is with regards to this past provincial election here in Ontario. Okay, so shifting a little bit and, you know, speaking more to society, societal issues and so on. The last few weeks we have heard, you know, several news stories of mass shootings in the U.S. And, um, you know, while it's tempting for us here in Canada to say, oh, y'all, what's going over there? Over here in Canada, too, you know, we are seeing similar patterns of an increase in gun violence, especially in Toronto. And of course, you know, it's not surprising for a large metropolitan city. But I just want to say that I'm not even going to sit here and say, you know, thoughts and prayers are with the parents or with the families or with the friends. We say this over and over again. And at this point, that ain't doing shit. So gun reform anti-gun violence, protesting, organizing, coalitions are what we really need right now. But I do want to share some resources that can, you know, point you in the right direction if you're looking to either volunteer, donate, be a part of, or even just read more about the work that's being done. Because I feel like when these things occur, we hear so much about the negative, we hear so much about the problem, but we don't hear about what's being done to actually address the problem. And so I'm going to share two organizations right now that are working to address gun violence. One is based in the U.S. and one is based here in Canada for, you know, for you to just go and read further. And so the first organization is called 50 Miles More. Their main focuses are on addressing gun violence, Black Lives Matter, ensuring a healthy planet and liberation for women, for Black, Indigenous, people of color, for LGBTQ plus communities, as well as individuals and accountability for leaders. So I'm going to put the information in the description of this episode. You can read more about it, but that is 50 miles more. And then here in, in Canada, we have zero gun violence movement. The work of this organization is primarily focused on, you know, sort of engaging young people, mentorship initiatives, 
And recently, Zero Gun Violence Movement has collaborated with 40 different community organizations, agencies, and programs to address the, the socioeconomic conditions that then contribute to us having these gun violence in the first place. Okay, so here in Canada, that is Zero Gun Violence Movement. And again, I will link this in the episode description. That's 50 miles more, Zero Gun Violence. But I just wanted to just speak to, to that with regards to you know, all the news that we've been hearing about, you know, gun violence, mass shootings, and so on. All right, we're going to try and, you know, pick things up a little bit. Let's talk about some music. So it seems like over the past few weeks and even months, there's been no shortage of dope, amazing music projects dropping, whether it be R&B, hip-hop, Afrobeats, Afro Swing in the UK, Toronto, US. Like, there's just been a lot of really, really, really good music projects dropping. So this week, I want you all to clue into Aaron Ray's latest project. Aaron Ray is an R&B artist. This project is called Hello Poison. Uh, the project, it is an album, so it's not an EP, it's an album. And then there are 15 songs on this project and features include, you know, D Smoke, Ari Lennox. I have had Bad Idea featuring Blast and What It Is featuring Ari Lennox on constant replay. So go ahead and check it out. This is Aaron Ray's Hello Poison album. All right. And with that being said, it's time for us to get into our main segment for this episode. This week, we're talking all things boundaries. I'm really excited to share this conversation with you all. I feel like, you know, if you're like me, you've probably heard about setting boundaries, 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 boundaries. You know, I can't spend 10 minutes on Instagram without seeing a post telling me why it's important to set boundaries. But what do those boundaries look like? How do we sustain them? What do they look like, you know, with familial relationships and friendships with romantic partners? Well, let's get into it for y'all to find out. So for our main segment for this episode, we are talking about something that I am very excited to get into today. And some of the listeners also recommended this topic um, to be discussed on this season of the podcast. So today we're talking all about boundaries, you know, setting and maintaining boundaries and why those are really important for, you know, sustaining different types of relationships. So to join me on this episode, I have Kristen Winchester who is a licensed therapist. She is also a boundaries coach for women of color coaches, consultants, and service providers who are ready to finally stand in their power um, as well as establish healthier boundaries so that they can gain more ease, joy, and freedom in their lives and businesses. She's also the founder of Her Therapy Space, which is a mental health practice and community created to provide women with tools, resources and accountability that they need to do the work beyond the therapy couch because it doesn't just stop at the therapy couch y'all um <laughs> in order to see the changes that they desire in life so thank you so much for being on this episode of the boa do i know podcast i'm so happy to have you thanks girl i am so happy to be here i love chatting it up about boundaries and I'm so excited to get into this convo because like you said it's so needed so so needed okay so we're gonna go ahead and start with your journey because you know I think boundary work and boundary setting as like a subsect of mental health work 
is I'm not sure if it's new. I think you can sort of talk more about this, but I think it's something that's become more popular recently. So we're hearing more about, you know, setting boundaries, setting boundaries. Um, Nedra, the popular therapist on Instagram, has the book Setting Boundaries and Maintaining Your Peace. Something like that is the title of that book. So, you know, we're all we're hearing about boundaries. So how did you get into into doing this work? Whew. Um, back in 2016, I started a business called Debt Free Black Girl, where I helped millennial women of color get their finances in order and change the way they thought about money. And with the work under Debt Free Black Girl, I noticed that every time I would get on a coaching call with my clients, a lot of the times we weren't even talking about money. We were talking about their relationship issues, their inability to set boundaries with their finances, um, their anxiety, their trauma backgrounds. Like it got deep. And I was like, Kristen, you are licensed to help these women, you know, on a holistic basis, right? As a licensed clinician, I I was already licensed at the time when I started it. And I was doing the work you know, outside of business, you know, I had a regular nine to five and was a therapist. And I'm like, Kristen, you can help these women conquer in all of these areas. It doesn't have to just be finances. And I realized that, you know, it went beyond their inability to budget and save or, you know, really manage their finances effectively, like their mental health and wellness impacted every single area of their lives. And like I'm like, I'm qualified to do this work. Um, and then I started to shift my messaging, still under debt-free Black girl, I started to shift my messaging to talk about debt and baggage in every area of our life, not just with finances, not just in a sense of financial debt, but the baggage, the icky stuff that we carry around with us, you know, um, over the years and how that impacts how we show up for ourselves and in our relationships with others. So after that, I'm like, this still doesn't feel quite right. So this was around 2018 when I started changing the messaging and things like that. And I never thought that I would start a private practice because I'm like, it's too much work. I'm not going to do that. But June 2019 rolled around and I'm like in my friend's office one night and I'm like, Kristen, why not start a practice? Like you have everything that you need to get started. You're already licensed. You can start seeing clients as early as like next week if you get all the paperwork in. So that's what I did. Like the name came to me just like that. I put the business paperwork in and I started my practice. And then from there, we grew into a team of clinicians where we're helping, you know, women in the DC area really take control over their, their wellness, their mental health, um, and making sure they're doing the work to prioritize themselves and to walk boldly and confidently in the lives that they're living. So I went from a solo practitioner to a might, a small yet mighty team of women and it's just a blessing to be here today, you know, um, because like I said, I never thought that I would enter into private practice on my own. Mm, that's so great. And you're doing so well, the hair therapy space. 
your your brand and the community is going through sort of a rebrand. And I'm excited to see what it looks like. But you're building such a good community that is so necessary and it's so needed, <laughs> especially with, you know, young millennial women, Gen Z, as we sort of navigate how to, you know, set boundaries in different types of relationships. Um, and, you know, that brings me to my next question is, you know, on this podcast, you know, we like to explore, but what do I know moments? Um, hence why, you know, the podcast is called, but what do I know? And, you know, we like to explore <laughs> moments where, you know, you might have thought to yourself in whatever particular field, you know, you're in, but what do I know about this? You know, what, but what do I know about boundaries? Am I even maintaining or sustaining the boundaries I have in my relationships and my friendships? Now to go and teach, to go and teach people about this, you know, I don't know if I'm cut out for this. So did you ever have a moment like that? And then how did you overcome that? Yeah, most definitely. I think most of us have those moments, right? And the imposter syndrome tries to come up. And especially as women of color, it comes up so much. And yeah, the imposter syndrome was real. Like even when I was about to start her therapy space, right? When I was switching from debt-free black girl and moving into the her therapy space brand, um, I questioned it all. Like, who am I to start a practice, right? Like, like I said, even though I was already doing this work anyways, I just really did not feel qualified to start a whole entire practice around mental health, you know, therapy services and things like that. Cause I felt like I didn't have that many years in the game as being licensed because I got licensed in 2016. So I got licensed 2016, started to practice 2019. Like I felt like I still had more time to put in, in a sense, under someone else's business or practice. And that came up at the beginning. And then also it came up when I started um, really solidifying my personal brand and launching my coaching um, program Better Boundaries Bootcamp because I had really been kind of like behind the scenes, you know, running my business, seeing my clients and not really showing up online like I used to do under Debt Free Black Girl. So I went kind of quiet for a while. And when I started showing back up on the scene and saying like, hey, I know y'all have seen me pivots a lot over the years, right? But my thing is boundaries. Like my strong suit is boundaries. I was scared to do that because I'm like, people haven't really seen me talk about boundaries before, but I was doing the work every single day with my clients. So even though I was doing the work every single day, I was still questioning myself. Like, who am I to do this work? Who am I to say I'm a boundaries expert? But I was already qualified, already doing the work. I'm an expert because I like literally day in, day out, breathing boundaries, both personally in my personal life and on the business side. So, and it, I mean, honestly, it, I don't think it never really goes away. Like those moments, they come up from time to time, especially as we start evolving and growing and moving into different lanes. Like it's always that little voice in the back of my head, like, can you do this? Like, are you really about to do this? Like, who are you? So how I got over that is basically like 
talking back to that voice. Like I'm that girl. Like I'm, I've been doing this work. I graduated with my master's in this in 2013, got licensed in 2016, literally been in this field for almost a decade at this point. I am super qualified and people need to hear my message. I have a unique lived experience. I have a unique voice, unique messaging, and I'm just going to show up and be me and people going to like it or they're not. Right. So I just, like I said, had to start talking back to that voice and really actually just doing the work, like putting myself out there, because the more you put yourself out there and do the work, the more confident you get over time. Mm. When you said, I am that girl, I was like, yes, Kristen, say it because I am that girl. Like, and I think you're right. You know, when you said, you know, you graduated, you know, from a program, you've been in this field for almost a decade, but still that voice will come up and say, oh, what do I know? Like, who am I? And when you talk back to it, the more you build up that confidence, you can say, like you said, yes, I have the lived experience to match this. So Thank you for sharing. I'm super grateful, honestly, to to just be able to like tap into a little bit of the knowledge that you have as well. Um, so let's get into boundaries. Firstly, can you define, you know, when someone says, you know, I'm setting a boundary, what does it mean to set a boundary? And why is it important for, you know, whatever type of relationship we want to establish and maintain? Why is it important for that relationship? Yeah. So I want to keep it really simple. A boundary is just essentially a guideline or a limit that we have. Right. And it allows us to show up as our unique, authentic selves. You know, when we're expressing a boundary to someone, we're letting them know who we are is a major part of our identity. And these guidelines or limits essentially allow us to operate in a sustainable way. So when we are going against these guidelines or limits that we have for ourselves and not actually implementing them, maintaining them, we start, you know, experiencing overwhelm, burnout, resentment in our relationships. Like a lot of stuff comes up as a result of us not honoring these guidelines or limits that we have for ourselves and then the things that we expect from others. So it's essentially just knowing who we are, what we need, what our needs are, both personally and when we are in relationship with someone. So essentially letting them know what our expectations are up front. Here's my boundaries. You know, are you able to, you know, honor these boundaries? Or are you, you know, going to struggle with this, right? Like, let's have these conversations early on in our relationships, right? And let's normalize having these conversations. But I think the big issue is a lot of us didn't grow up talking about boundaries or being able to even have boundaries as children or in our households, like stay in a child's place. And like, we didn't really, I know I didn't really have that opportunity to share how I felt or what I needed and things like that. And as a result of that, adults, grown adults are afraid to use their voice and communicate their boundaries, you know, with others because of a fear of a number of things comes up when people are faced with having to communicate a boundary with someone. 
fear of rejection and abandonment, you know, fear of being looked at as mean or selfish, um, fear of not being seen as good enough. There's a lot of things that come up around boundaries. And part of the work that I do is really get into the root of those fears first and foremost, before we even set a boundary. Let's get to these these fears, these deep-rooted fears and beliefs that you have that are centered around boundary work, right? Because like I said, a lot of times people think when you set a boundary, that's you being selfish, mean, but it's honestly just you being a human being with needs. That's literally what it is. And it's up to us to communicate those things. Because like I said, that's when that resentment comes in, when someone pushes our limits, but we haven't even communicated those limits to that person. So they're unaware that we have these things that, you know, are kind of like offenses in a sense. You know, we have these offenses that we're building up with these people, but we're not saying it to them. So it's, it's a lot. It's a lot of layers, but essentially, what are your needs, right? And how are you communicating those needs to the people in your life? Mm. And I like when you use the example of even being, you know, when we were children and we weren't really given a lot of the space to communicate our boundaries. And so, you know, we grow up not knowing how to, how to communicate these limits that we have, right? And I know you know, even being African, the idea of having boundaries is not really a thing. I mean, it's changing now, but especially when you think about, you know, community and family, I think sometimes we think that we have to then be in each other's spaces all the time. And some people take boundaries as, you know, like you said, be mean and, and being offensive or de- or defensive in some cases, right? So it's sort of been something that hasn't really been talked about. And something that I found interesting, so I was, you know, doing a little bit of reading for this episode and um, it was an article by Healthline and it was saying sort of different benefits of boundary setting and so on. And it was saying that, you know, it helps us to have our space, which of course, and that it also helps us to be vulnerable. And I thought that was so interesting because when you think of boundaries, you don't think of vulnerability, you think of distance. You can almost think that you're setting a boundary so that you don't get close to someone. So when I read that, I was like, hmm, boundaries help us to be vulnerable. Yeah, they strengthen relationships, right? Because think about it. Like I said, two people, two individuals in a relationship, both have unique needs. And when we're coming to one another to express these needs and communicate them, like you said, we have to be vulnerable. We have to open up. It's basically letting them in, you know, and being true and authentic to ourselves. But a lot of the times is a lot of the times we are afraid of that vulnerability. We're afraid to be our unique selves because we want to be accepted and things like that. And we're afraid of, okay, if I say this thing to this person, will they leave? Will they still accept me as who I am? So we don't become vulnerable. We're shut off, closed off. We have walls built up to protect ourselves from a a perceived threat. 
And we perceive boundaries to be a thing that will basically alert that threat, (laughs) you know, to go off that that alert, that alarm system will go off in a sense when we communicate these boundaries with people. But oftentimes, right, we these are things that we're just thinking or believing, but we haven't even actually tried to communicate these things to see how people may respond. I know a lot of times when I was afraid to speak up and use my voice, if I would have just said, you know what? One of my biggest mistakes was um, moving to Atlanta from DC with a partner. I didn't want to go to Atlanta. My partner did. I never said, "Uh, you know, I think I might stay in DC. I'm not really feeling Atlanta. And I was so afraid that if I communicated that, that that person would leave me. But the fact of the matter is, if that person left me, they're not my person anyways. You know, boundaries allow us to kind of weed out the people that don't really need to be in our lives. Like who is really down with you? You know, Um, if they are down with you, they're going to respect your boundaries. They're going to actually, you know, be accepting of who you are as an individual and They're going to treat you with respect, right? They're going to show you that respect that you deserve. So my thing is, let's communicate these things up front. Let's be a little bit vulnerable on the front end so that we can eliminate the heartache and pain and drama that comes down the line when we realize this person isn't really for us and didn't have our best interests at heart. Hmm. What a word. I was <laughs> I was just over here snapping, saying amen internally, like <laughs> because you said so much, you know, even the idea of sometimes we don't want to set those boundaries because of the perceived threat or because we're afraid of the rejection. Like when you use the example of your partner, well, if if they don't understand the boundary, then they're not for you anyway. So setting that boundary would even save us from some sort of delayed catastrophe down the line right (sighs) wow no that's a word the lack of boundary setting causes the catastrophe down the line wow so let's let's break this down. What do boundaries look like? We're going to walk through different types of relationships because I want it to be super clear to listeners, you know, what types of boundaries, what these can look like in different types of relationships, right? So if I'm setting a a boundary in my business or work relationship with a manager, with a colleague, what might that look like? So for my business owners, right? Like, especially if you have clients or customers. We need to have clients or customers to have a business, a operating business, right? So whether it's a customer or a client, how do you want that client to show up? So for instance, on the service side, right? Do you have office hours where the client can reach you, right? So even if you are in corporate, what are your work hours, right? 
Are you going to turn off your email or your phone after 5, 6 p.m.? After that work um, hour time block is finished for the day, right? So what times are you actually working? How can clients, coworkers get in touch with you and during what time blocks? Um, Having a contract in place in business is important. You know, having having um, terms and conditions and things like that listed out so the client knows how you operate up front so that there is no guesswork in there. Um, I think even having your, your, um, your price point, I feel like is a boundary, you know? Um, and if someone can't pay that fee, they're not meant to work with you, right? So Having your price point set at a a specific um, price can weed out some of the people who may not be a good fit for you. Um, Sometimes having like some sort of like application process or form that people can fill out so that you can get more information up front to recognize whether this person is a good fit or not. Having discovery calls is a way that you can uphold your boundaries because that gives you more insight into that client on and at work right so like i said having established work hours turning off your phone or work email after a certain time because a, a lot of the clients that i've worked with um, in corporate where they had a lot of issues around boundaries in the workplace. It was because people were blowing up their email at all times of the evening and they felt obligated to respond, you know, just because that person was emailing you. But just because someone emails you at a certain time doesn't mean you have to respond right away. You can let that email sit. I don't care who they are. I don't care if it's my manager, my coworker. I don't care who it is. I'm not an on-call servant, (laughs) you know? Like I will get to it when I get to it. So having that established, also thinking about what kind of conversations you are comfortable with, with coworkers or managers, you know, some people don't like getting super personal at work. So if someone starts asking you questions about your personal life, you know, drawing the line there and saying, okay, I don't feel comfortable having this conversation at work you know, communicating that to them so that they're aware, okay, they're going to be like, okay, that light bulb's going to go off. I'm not going to ask them that type of question anymore. And if they do continue to ask, right, you've already identified this boundary and communicated that with them. So you can act accordingly from there, right? So reiterating that you have that boundary, you know, cutting off communication with that coworker. Like you're, if, if it's not related to the work, we don't need to talk, right? So just thinking about whether it's work or business, you know, corporate work or business related work, thinking about what kind of pushes your buttons, what pushes your buttons or where do you feel stretched in? And then what parameters can we put in place from the beginning in order for you to avoid feeling that way, avoid the burnout, the overwhelm, the frustration, the resentment, 
we don't have to, you know, take that, right? Whether it's in a corporate job or our own business, right? We have the right to identify those limits and communicate them so that we can operate optimally in our roles, right? So that we can do the work effectively. Like I know for me, if my email is going off all day and I have it up and I'm not able to focus on the work, (laughs) I'm not able to focus on the work or even blocking off times on your calendar so that people can't schedule anything during that time so that you have time to take a breather, to take a lunch. When I was working at another practice, I was seeing seven to nine clients a day, which is crazy, not taking a lunch break, not taking any type of breaks. And I was losing my mind. Like I had a a breakdown (laughs) and was extremely burnt out, but it was up to me to block that stuff off on my calendar and uphold it. But a lot of times we, us as individuals, sometimes, you know, don't even honor our own boundaries. The word. Yep. And we, we're going to get to that part. <laughs> but um, honestly, you covered a lot. I like that you mentioned, you know, business owners. And then if we're working, you know, maybe on nine to fives or other sort of work situations to avoid burnout um, and having that autonomy and control over our calendars to, you know, block out time and so on. Let's talk about friendships. I think this is a little bit harder. I think we're so, we're really, we're getting better. Let's not say really easy, but we're getting better at setting boundaries when it comes to work. We're getting better at saying, listen, I'm not, once it's five, I'm turning off my, I'm closing my laptop. I'm shutting off my work phone. I'm out. You know, like I have enough on my plate. I can't do that, you know, or I don't feel comfortable doing that type of work right now. Whatever that may be. I forgot to mention that, you know, like what work Mm -hmm. to take on and what not to take on. Mm-hmm. And I think we're gradually getting better at that. But I think when it comes to, you know, more personal relationships like friendships, it gets a little bit harder to discern what this boundary may look like. So what does what do boundaries look like in terms of friendships? Yeah, I think it it, it can be a bit harder because it's personal. Right. And I think going back to what we were talking about before, the vulnerability, the fear of rejection you know, from our loved ones for us, you know, coming and communicating a boundary, all of those things make it hard. I don't necessarily think it's hard for us to identify what the boundaries are, but I think it's hard for us to be able to actually uphold those in our friendships because we want to, a lot of it is honestly people pleasing. We want to please the people in our lives. And as a result of that people pleasing, we shrink ourselves. We say yes when we wanted to say no and vice versa. Go to places we are not really feeling. I just wanted to Netflix and chill tonight. I didn't really want to come out to this club, but you went there anyways (laughs) because you couldn't say no because you wanted to show up, right? We want to show up for our loved ones. And, And as we should, right? Relationships are give and take, both reciprocal. We're giving and we're receiving at the same time. But when we do it in a way that is not authentic to ourselves, right? We're not being real with ourselves. That's when there's an issue. 
So I think with friendships, it's important to, because sometimes these conversations don't happen organically from the jump, right? When you meet someone, you're not saying, okay, here's my boundaries. Do you sign this contract? Yes or no? Like, let's jump into this friendship. No, we don't do that, right? A lot of the times we don't even realize that there's a boundary needed until something may come up, right? So it's important for us to check in with ourselves often, right? To, to see where something went awry or is it something that made us feel some type of way and then maybe jot down, right? Like I like to journal, whip your journal out, jot down what feelings came up for you, why you felt that way. Was there um, an instance, for example, was there an instance where a friend said something that offended you, right? And that made you feel a certain type of way. Write that down, right? Identify what you felt and why. And then I suggest having a conversation, an upfront conversation about it. You know, like, hey, pulling your friend to a to the side and saying, you know, you said X, Y, and Z. I, I wasn't really rocking with that. It, it made me feel a certain type of way. It didn't make me feel good. You know, can we operate in a way where we're not offending one another when it comes to whatever topic, right? Or, you know, can we st- kind of stay away from that, right? I suggest addressing it early on because if not, it may or may not happen again, right? Because this friend may be unaware that this is an issue for you. And then over time, you start to build up that resentment in this relationship. That resentment, although we may not necessarily speak it with our mouths, it could show up in a way we show up in this relationship, the way we treat that friend or the way we, you know, um, communicate with that friend kind of like passively, aggressively. Um, So like I said, we may not know what the boundary is from the jump in that relationship because it may come over time when things come up, right? But at be real with yourself in that moment when you feel some type of way and then address the conversation head on. So communicate using I statements. Um, you know, I felt this as a result of you doing this. Instead of trying to point the, the blame, you know, point the finger at them and, you know, come at them combatively like it can be done from a place of love. And they're more likely to receive it, you know, be receptive to it when you're coming to them from that place. You know, a lot of times they're probably going to be apologetic. You know, I didn't realize that offended you. I I apologize. Right. Like, let's get back on track. Let me do better, (laughs) you know, but they would not know if you don't speak up. So it's, it's really important for us to essentially be clear on our identity from the jump when it comes to who we are, what our likes are, what we dislike, what our needs are. What do we need to feel cared for, respected, love in these friendships? 
so that when something is being done that is not in alignment with those things, I can communicate that. Mm. All right, we're going to take it up a notch just a little bit. Um, I got two more types of relationships I want us to explore. And these are these might be even a little bit trickier to set boundaries. So we're going to touch on family, then we're going to get into romantic partners. So with family, I feel like this might be similar to friendships because, again, they're personal relationships, um, you know, more higher stakes than our work colleagues and clients and so on. So. How do we communicate boundaries to our family members when, you know, family members may be asking us for 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 money, for investments to take on things in the in the household that we're not able to, um, you know, to, you know, put in us in situations that we don't necessarily agree with saying things over the dinner table. We don't necessarily agree with, um, you know, how do we sort of, you know, communicate those those limits? Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty much the same or similar to any other personal relationship. But like you said, the stakes may be may be higher or like that perception of it, because we don't want to be, you know, offensive to our family or we don't want our family to turn their backs on us. Right. So we may have given in before, given money where we didn't necessarily have it to give or let that offensive statement slide at the dinner table. You know, like a lot of things, that, a lot of times, like for instance, with women that I work with, you know, a family member may comment on their their weight or their size, their body, um, you know, in a public setting at the dinner table over the holidays. That's something that comes up um a lot and then like you said family members asking something of you right and you're not in a position to give you don't have the capacity whether it's time energy financial whatever that may be right the family member may or may not get upset right that's the reality and that's with anybody a friend a colleague a manager a romantic partner, whoever it may be, that person may respond in a way that isn't ideal. But that's not in our control. The only thing that is in our control is using our voice, showing up and letting people know when they wronged us, when when we felt some type of way about something, when we can't show up for them, and when we can, you know, boundaries isn't just about saying no or, you know, saying this offended me. It's also about letting people know, like, what is appropriate? What what do you like? Right. Like what can what will you say yes to? You know, what are those things that excite you and motivate you in the realm of this relationship? You know, um, so it isn't all about saying no, you know, turning them away all of the time is also about here's when I can show up for you. Here's the financial commitment that I can make here, right? I only got 20 for you. I can't give you 400, right? Letting people know what it is that you can do for them. So it's essentially the same thing, identifying the the boundary with yourself first and foremost, then communicate it using I statements, 
um, standing firm in that. Um, regardless of the outcome, because like I said, we can't control the outcome, right? If a family member was to disrespect you and your boundary, like it's up to you to, like I said, act accordingly from there. Is this a relationship that you, a relationship that you want to, you know, work this out over, right? Like a lot of times it's not about, let me just cut this person off because they didn't respect my boundary. You know, how can y'all actually work through this, right? And strengthen your bond, strengthen your relationship. And a lot of times with family, they feel like they feel like they are um they feel what's the word I'm looking for? I can't think of it right now. But they feel like they are obligated or they have to, you know, be in relationship with you in a certain way, just because y'all are family, just because y'all are family doesn't mean that y'all got to be friends or that, you know, that y'all have to engage in a way that makes you feel uncomfortable just because they're family. You do not have to bend for them, right? Especially if you're an adult, right? Even as children, like children have voices, they're unique individuals as well, but as grown adults, we have a right to pick and choose who we want to hang around, who we want to be in relationship with, you know, what's uncomfortable to us, what's comfortable to us. And family is no different. Like I said, like you said earlier, the stakes may look a bit different, especially let's say, for instance, you're staying with someone, and you communicate these boundaries and they're like, OK, you can get out my house. Right. Then. You may just have to leave and find somewhere else to go, right? But you were true to yourself. You stayed true to yourself in that moment. You didn't let yourself down in that moment. You're building that that self-confidence, that self-trust. I would rather someone else let me down than let myself down. And I'm so glad that light bulb has gone off for me over the course of the last couple of years, because if I'm treating myself well, right, that's all, that's the only thing that I can control. How I'm treating myself, how I'm treating others. Like I can't control other people. So if they don't want to respect and honor my boundary, then do I work this out with this person and see where it goes from there? Or is this someone that I want to keep my distance from? I feel like I just said a lot, like a lot of random stuff, but <laughs> no, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> My mind is just going all over the place right now. Going, going, going. I can talk about this all day. Um, so the last type of relationship I want us to explore is, you know, the relationship with our romantic partners, right? And again, similar to family, I feel like there's this perception that the stakes are higher. I think it's also harder for people to it might be, let me say, it might be harder for people to sustain those boundaries because I think with romantic relationships, it's so easy for the person to sort of consume you. You're my world and we're each other's person, right? Um, so I want you to touch on this, but I also have, I have a listener question actually um, that you can sort of touch on as well. And they're wondering, you know, at what point in the romantic relationship should boundaries be set out? Um, and as this relationship evolves and grows, 
do the boundaries change and how do you communicate that change with your partner? Sorry, I know there are several questions in there, but I know you're going to touch on all of them. (laughs) Good. And that's what I was going to, the question you just asked, the listener question was how I was going to respond anyways. Like boundaries in a romantic relationship is should be set from the jump, you know, especially when when we come into a romantic relationship with someone, we kind of already have an idea of how we want to want to be treated in that romantic relationship, especially if we have had past partners and instances where we got to know ourselves more when it comes to being in a, a partnership. And we were able to recognize what we didn't like in our past relationships, what we did enjoy, right? What our love language is. You know, I think that's a boundary in a sense, right? How do I want this person to show up for me in this romantic relationship, right? And I think, you know, or even like when it comes to sex and things like that, like what is permissible? What am I comfortable with? What's not comfortable to me, right? Do I even want to have sex in this relationship, right? Knowing those things kind of early on when you're like dating, getting to know someone and really starting to move into a more serious relationship, it's important to have those conversations up front because a lot of times people get in relationship or they get in type in these sometimes situationships with people where They want a full-blown committed relationship, but the other person didn't, but they never talked about it. (laughs) They never talked about it, right? So what are you looking for in a partner and how are you going to show up for that partner? Having that conversation early on so that person can say, I'm down with it. I can do those things or not, right? Because like I said earlier, when we get in relationship with someone and they do not, especially when we had this conversation and they do not respect those boundaries or they just keep, you know, pushing it, pushing our limits. That gives you evidence in a sense to say, okay, Something isn't working out. Something is not working. How can we fix this? Or, you know what? You're not even trying to, you can leave. We don't have to be together, right? Um, So two part of that question, it was two parts, right? The first part, I think it should be established early on, like from the jump, like even before getting into a romantic relationship, you already kind of have an idea of what you want and how you want to show up in that relationship. So communicating that early on so that person is clear. And then over time in a relationship, especially long-term relationships, yes, our boundaries can change. Boundaries can change, you know? We're human, we're evolving, we're growing over time. What may work for me five years ago may not work for me today. So it's important to have check-ins with your partner. Okay, what's going well? What isn't? You know, what what have I been um, uncomfortable with, you know, over the course of our relationship? Like, or what do I need in this season? I'm not the same person I was a year ago, five months ago, a month ago, yesterday, right? We can set a boundary a week 
you know, in a week's time, we can change that boundary if we want, right? It's up to us. We have that right. I may didn't want to have sex when we first started our relationship, but now I'm ready and comfortable with you, comfortable enough, right? And then what are the boundaries around taking that step? So yes, boundaries evolve over time because we as people evolve, right? So our needs change, our our limits change. But it's it's just about sitting down and having an honest conversation, you know? And if you recognize that your partner is some tension there when it comes to having these honest, vulnerable conversations, that's a huge red flag. Also, a huge red flag is if they don't really have any boundaries. Because that's where the codependency comes in and things like that. And (laughs) that can be avoided by having these limits. Like you said, where love is, love is something else, right? And you can get really consumed in it. And like you said, you're bending boundaries and things like that because you love this person. But over time, that that becomes codependency. And that can be, that's a whole nother, a whole nother podcast episode, you know. <laughs> but these boundaries allow us to, to show up and, and maintain a level of our independence, you know, while being in a partnership. And that's super important so that we don't get lost in our partners, you know. That was exactly what was coming to my mind as you were explaining this. I was like, this is so important so that you don't lose yourself, so that you don't get lost in the sauce, for lack of a better word, and, you know, just float and lose who you who you walked into this relationship as, you know? So that is so, so, so important. And you're, you're absolutely right. It's so easy to get consumed, and that's where codependency comes in. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you for, for sharing that. So as the person who is setting these boundaries, right, in these various relationships, how do we ensure that we are sustaining and maintaining them? Like, should they be disregarded? What are some steps that we sort of take to say, hey, you know, I told you that this is my certain boundary. Maybe I don't want you calling me past 9 p.m. Maybe you know that at a certain time, I just want my time. Maybe, you know, I don't want us communicating this way, whatever it may be. You know, you've disregarded it. I want to let you know that you've crossed a boundary and let's Let's take that step back. So, you know, as someone who's doing, who's setting the boundary, how do we sort of sustain that as the relationship evolves? Yeah, I think um, especially when you've communicated it more than once, right? Reminded them. That's that's not an issue. That's not the issue when, say, for instance, you have to remind them maybe once or twice, right? And they just honestly forgot, right? I think that's a bit different than someone who is just blatantly like disrespecting your boundaries, not honoring what you're saying, right? But sometimes friends, family, whoever may honestly forget, right? But when we correct them, things shift and things get back on course, right? But when someone just keeps blatantly disrespecting, not honoring your boundaries, I think the first piece of it is accepting the fact that you can't control another person's behavior, right? No matter how much we communicate our boundaries, 
or try to maintain it, it's up for that person. It's up to that person, right? To do the maintaining of that boundary, you know? Um, Like you're doing your part, but they have to do their part as well. So acknowledging and accepting that you can't control how that person shows up, right? But then if that person continues to do that, you don't have to communicate with them. If it's something that, you know, just keeps coming up, for instance, there's continuing to say some things that are offensive to you or having unproductive conversations, you don't have to engage in those conversations, right? For instance, if you're on the phone with someone, I don't appreciate this. You know, this is continuing to push my boundaries. I'm going to get off of this phone call. I'm going to hang up now. You know, I'm going to go for the night. Or when it comes to a certain person, if they continue to text or call after a certain time, like you said, after 9 p.m., block them. (laughs) Block them after a certain time so that you're not even receiving those messages. You know what I mean? Um, don't, Don't react in a disrespectful way. Like if someone, you know, comes and tries to like disrespect you or, you know, gets an attitude, you know, don't try to be combative with them because that's just going to escalate it even further. No, but just simply walk away from it, you know, and you might have to walk away from that relationship. I think the, the big piece of it is people not wanting to lose friends, families, partners, whoever. But the fact of the matter is we're going to lose some people over the course of our lives. Not everyone is meant to be in your life for, you know, an extended period of time. Maybe they were just in that season of your life, right? And I think with a lot of our relationships, especially like friends and things like that, over time, as we grow and evolve, we may not still be a good fit, right? What we came together on when we were 15 years old may not be what holds us together at 30, you know? Um, so, you know, I think it, it's just really like checking in over time, checking with self, checking with, with your the people in your life, um, and then figuring out where you all go from there, like, are these people growing and evolving with you? That's big, you know, or are they still where they were 10, 15 years ago? Because that's a red flag in its, in itself that they may not, you know, be with your boundaries. They may not want to respect those because they might think you're acting funny, changing up on them, right? Oh, you think you better than me? Like all of that comes into play when we're doing the work ourselves, right? So when other people are not doing the work, we can't control that. But we get to choose if we want to continue this relationship with this person or is this someone that we need to walk away from so that I can protect my well-being, my sanity, my mental health, and being true to me, staying true to me, being my authentic self. So when someone is taking me out of character and I'm recognizing this, I know that some boundaries were crossed. Some lines were, you know, got mixed up. 
So what do we need to do to get back on track? Or do I need to sever this relationship? And a lot of people don't want to accept the fact that some relationships, they just may have to let go. Mm -hmm. Honestly, Kristen, (laughs) sitting here and listening to you talk, it feels like I'm listening to a sermon. Um, And I'm just like, yeah, wow, yes. I re- amen, I receive it, you know? <laughs> um, and I wanna I wanna sort of touch on the other the other side because I think a lot of times we focus on the setting of the boundaries and the person who's actually, you know, putting up these boundaries. So as the person, if I'm the friend who has, you know, who who's listening to you say, Hey, listen, these are my boundaries, how do I receive them? How do I take that? And um, and I guess sort of run with it to also ensure that, you know, things are amicable. We're both embedded into the the growth of this relationship. So as the as the person on the other side, how do you sort of receive this this setting of the boundary? If there's someone that you actually care for and love and, you know, respect, because it may not be a personal relationship, maybe a work relationship. Right. If this is someone you respect, period, whether you love them or not. recognizing how how you want to show up for them, right? And if they're coming to you expressing their needs or expressing these boundaries, you know, being receptive. Okay, I hear you, right? Thank you for letting me know that. I wasn't aware. Now that I'm aware of your need, your boundary, I'm going to try to show up for you in that way, right? And if there is an instance where I'm falling off or, you know, I offended you or I made you feel some type of way. Please let me know. And when people come to us and communicate a boundary with us. We have to make sure that we don't get defensive. Right. Um, It's them literally just letting us know what they need. But that also shows me that I can express my needs, right? That I can be vulnerable with this person. Or I didn't even realize that I needed boundaries or, you know, like that I could communicate these things with this person. Let me take what they said. Let me receive it. Let me get myself together so I can show up for that person. And then are there any areas where I need to set some boundaries with people in my life? Or what are my needs in this specific relationship so that it can be reciprocal? Thank you. Honestly, this has been so helpful breaking this down because even for me, I can think of times and different relationships where I need to be a little more firm in my boundaries, (laughs) relationships that I'm, you know, navigating. So I just want to thank you for honestly all that you've shared. And I want to end off this segment by just, you know, giving you the space to just share, you know, any last thoughts you want to talk about on this, um, you know, the work that you do with her therapy space, your consultant work. Um, I just want to give you the floor. If there's anything else you want to sort of add, go ahead. You have the floor to do so. Yeah, I think the last bit that I want to touch on in regards to how we receive people setting boundaries with us. It has a lot to do with us more. It's more so about us than them. 
right? If we feel some type of way about someone setting a boundary with us, then what's coming up for me? Like, why is this such a like pain point, a sore spot for me? Like, what do I need to work on personally? <laughs> you know, um, is it my belief system around boundaries, right? Is it my lack of boundaries that's making me show up in this way when this other person is trying to communicate their boundaries, their needs, right? What do I need to do to be sure that I am not feeling some type of way or feeling offended if someone shares a boundary and to make sure that I have boundaries in place in my relationships. So whether that's doing some self-reflection, you know, journaling, things like that, checking in with yourself, being honest and vulnerable with self first and foremost, so that you can be honest and vulnerable in these relationships Getting into therapy if you need a therapist, right? Working with someone like me, a boundaries coach, whoever, right? What help or resources do you need to work through this area? Because like I said, 99.9% of the time, it's an us issue and not a them issue. When we feel some type of, if we can't respect someone's boundary. Wow. Lastly, (laughs) boundaries are just the key, the rock to a rock solid foundation in any relationship. First and foremost, the relationship with self and then with others. So they strengthen relationships. They don't hurt them. And they just save us, like I said, a lot of headache down the line if we just simply use our voices and stay true to who we are. The people that's for us will be for us. And the people who aren't, we're able to repel them early on by having these upfront conversations about our boundaries. Hmm. Whew, that's a word. That is a word. Um, thank you. Thank you so much for, for this conversation and for all that you have shared with us. I know the listeners right now are listening wherever they are. <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> uh, but, you know, before I let you go, we're going to switch the energy up just a little bit. We're going to end off the episode with our Boaduino segment. We just want to get to know, you know, lighthearted side of our guests. So I'm going to ask you, you know, four questions and without thinking too hard, just give me an answer that comes to your mind. Um, so the first question, social media is best used when? When the apps are not on my phone, <laughs> like they're <laughs> social media is a headache to me, honestly, at this point of my life. But it's best used in moderation. And when I'm deleting the apps off of my phone for the weekends, like that has been a game changer for me. And they're best used when I'm just getting on there and using my voice, getting off and not getting into the cycle of comparison, the comparison trap and things like that. So speaking my piece and not really getting caught up in the mix. (laughs) Mm, Good, good answer. I like the delete in the apps before the weekend. Uh Uh-huh. I'm going to have to start doing that. I have a life, an actual life to live outside of these apps. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. And a lot of us just get lost in the virtual space of it all. But 
Yeah, no, my notifications are off. I post, I hop out. Yeah. Um, okay, second question. Reflected on where you are now in life, are you where you thought you would be in this point in your life? Absolutely not. <laughs> I thought I was going to be initially, like, just on a career front, like, I thought I was going to be an engineer, a lawyer. Like I had a, a bunch of career choices before getting into psychology, you know, like I went to school for chemical engineering then switch majors and things like that. Like I said, I never thought I would have a practice. I never thought I would be a mother. Like I never wanted kids. <laughs> and here I am with a one-year-old. It's like, who am I? <laughs> so Congrats. yes. Thank you. I did not expect I would be here today, but I am glad. Mm -hmm. Life just, life surprises you. You know, we plan and life just takes you on a whole different journey. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay. What is the most beautiful place you've ever traveled to? Ooh. Honestly, I haven't done too much traveling, but. I think the the most beautiful place most recently has been um, Cabo. Yeah, I had a I had a great time in Cabo. That was beautiful, beautiful. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm hoping that I can travel to more places in the near future. Yeah, me and you both, me and you both, sis. <laughs> Um, and the final question. So if you could press the rewind, pause, or fast forward button on your life at this point, which one are we hitting? Are we pausing? Are we going back? Or are we fast forwarding? (laughs) I might have to go back. Yeah. (laughs) And maybe see if I can do a do-over on some of those things. Like I said, I would have never went to Atlanta if I could help it. (laughs) So I probably would... But then honestly, though, it's like I needed to honor my voice and trust my gut. Um, so I honestly, I don't know if I would press any of them. Like, I'm good. I think I'm good. I respect it. I respect it. I agree. Um, all right. So those are all the questions I have for you. Thank you so much again for being on this episode. I honestly just enjoyed this conversation. Um, I appreciate you. Um, you know, just go ahead and drop your socials so people know, you know, how to connect, work with you, all that good stuff. Yes. Yeah, so you can find me at Kristen Winchester LPC on Instagram. And then also we have our Her Therapy Space account, which is Her Therapy Space. We can be found at hertherapyspace.com. And then also I have my personal brand page, which is kristenwinchesterlpc.com as well. So all of our services are on, well, right now we have a, like a coming soon page up on our website, but we have a online community where you can, you know, receive resources from us. If you are not based in the DC area and cannot receive therapy services from us, we have the community, you have, we have the coaching, right? I have my program, Better Boundaries Bootcamp, where you can sign up to do the work with me to, you know, release those fears, rediscover your true self and your lifestyle and identify those boundaries that you need in order to feel like your best self and live your best life. 
Um, so yeah, get in contact with us. You can always um, shoot us an email, DM us. If you have any questions about anything that came up for you when you were listening to this episode, we would love to connect with you. All right. Thank you again for being on this episode. I'm definitely going to drop all your information in the episode description so they can, you know, connect directly with you. Thank you. All right. Thanks for having me. This was fun. right so with that we are at the end of this episode thank you all for tuning in and listening to my conversation with Kristen on boundaries setting boundaries in various relationships sustaining those boundaries and also you know how to tweak and change those boundaries as our relationships grow and evolve thank you I hope you took something away feel free to share this episode with someone you know could benefit from listening and hearing this conversation. Remember to like, comment, subscribe, engage with us on the podcast, Instagram, and TikTok page at BWDIK Podcast. And as always, you know, drink your water, mind your business, and I will talk to you all real, real, real soon. Bye for now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.